Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. You'll never guess who's in the room. Ranger. And in front of Ranger is Vance. Yep, I'm in the studio. He's smiling. He's grinning. He's mm. here. I needed something done. Live, so to speak. Yeah. So he does need something done. And partly why we're recording late is yeah. because the thing he needed to get done was left at the house. Yeah, I had to turn around. That's right. So, we got Vance here. We got Todd. Hi, Todd. Hi. How are you? I'm doing fine tonight. Perfect. That's what I wanted to hear. We also have Dave, or as we're going to call him, DK. Hi, DK. How's it going, guys? It's going fantastic. Mm -hmm. It all worked out. All of us together (laughs) on one recording. Mm -hmm. There you go. So... We got this one going, so let's get through these plugs. So Fatty Z Muskie products, fattyzmuskie.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. And the reason I brought up YouTube was because I, I mentioned it, I don't know, it wasn't that long ago. Occasionally I bring it up. I got a new subscriber. There you go. So I think I have like seven now Wow. to my channel that is very unpopular. Wow. But Almost verified getting there but the checks are just so good so i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. you know when you have like 30 views on a video that's something big money Mm -hmm. making it rain in here Mm -hmm. anyways i'm gonna stop with that Mm -hmm. okay good idea all right so you can find the baits standard colors musky tackle online check them out there mto Aaron will hook you up. Spend 75 bucks, get free shipping, and it's fast too. Great guy. You know, he's, you know, I've, I, I remember buying from, I still do actually, from way back in the day. Back in the day when I was buying baits just to buy baits, because that's what you did when you were a musky fisherman, you couldn't afford gas in your truck, but you'd drop a hundred and some dollars a week on baits. Mm-hmm. And you'd catch just as many fish. So, mm-hmm. anyways. If you're looking for something a little bit more exclusive, go to Team Rhino Outdoors, and Jeff has what you need there for the AZ baits, and along with many other manufacturers. But the AZs are really nice because I painted them. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Rod holders, and, you know, I'm still getting people. You know, they're uh, you know having questions. Feel free, I'll answer them as best I can. I'll give you honest, you know, feedback. And I'll, I'll give you some options, you know, just just so people like options. So I like to give people options. And uh, I have no problem doing that. So I'm done talking about me. How about Todd? Talk about yourself. How about, let's talk a little bit about Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Give us a call. We are uh, ready to take on, uh, get some dates filled in for next year, 2019 schedule. We got her ready. We got the opener marked down. I'll probably be doing a little bit in Pennsylvania this year. So that's something some guys had been asking about. And uh, I wasn't able to do it this season because I did not have a boat. So looking forward to getting out here around in PA a little bit there in April and early May until we get started up Memorial Day weekend, Chautauqua Lake. Vance and I will be hitting it hard from then up until November. So uh, it was a call. This year's about done. Uh, I got a week of fishing coming up here. I'm going back up again tomorrow, and uh, 
but the season's really wrapping up for us. Not that many guys interested in fishing in this weather, so we're going to wrap it up also. But uh, give us a call for next season. I don't get why they wouldn't be interested. I mean, who doesn't want to be in 38-degree rain with 100-mile-an-hour gusts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's wonderful out there. As Big long ones. as it's below double nickels. Big ones. Yeah. That's right. Banging fish, baby. Yeah. We've skipped <laughs> that a few times. So, mm-hmm. anyways, Vance, is there something you want to talk about? Yeah. Ranger boats. Check them out. Also, Vic Sports Center uh, in Kent, Ohio. Check them out for all your boating needs. They do Starcraft, Star Welds, and sell the Ranger boats. So, uh, check them out for service, too. I know Todd and I are going to be dropping our boats off there in December uh, with a nice honeydew list for them. But, uh, they're the best. They're fishermen. They set up great boats, uh, and we used them all season, ran them hard, and uh, absolutely happy with it. So, St. Croix rods? Best rods on earth. Christmas coming around. Pick those up. All different shapes and sizes to them. Species. We use them. I bust them. They fix them fast. Check them out. Excellent. And Vance has a squeaky chair. I do. I'm sorry about that. You know, that that chair is very special to me. I'm a rookie in this. uh, I haven't been in the studio in a while. It's a a brand new thing for me. Yes, it is. And I know I got comfortable chairs rather than those wooden ones. Oh, yeah. And uh, that chair is special. I gave it to you. You know why? Why? Because both you and I have shot a deer out of that chair. Really? This is the one that had like a bee's nest underneath it? <laughs> it's the one with the bee's nest. You couldn't just thrown this away? Why would I throw it away? Because it's disgusting. It's probably got mold all in it. No, that. here's something better. Vance, Todd, and I have shot a deer out of that chair. Really? Oh, that's the one, yeah. That's the one. Now, Dave, you haven't. I mean, DK, you have not. I don't want to leave you out of this for too long. Well, maybe I can. I mean... Come on down. We got yeah, we got him out the wazoo. Yeah, nine hours. It's not that big of a deal for a doe. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just remembered. Just... Todd shot that buck out of there. Very nice. I did too because I've never shot a doe. <laughs> just crushing all sorts of bucks. Ones without antlers, nubs. Ones with antlers. <laughs> this is the second week in a row that we've dropped a teaser that Vance can only shoot male deer, even when he's attempting to shoot females. <laughs> That's bad. And here's something. Actually, I've shot two deer out of that chair. I'm the only one that shot a female out of that chair. There you go. So... Anyways, it's going to make noises, and that's par- partly the reason why it's here is because it started to make noises. You and took it out of the stand. Took it out of the stand. Yeah, because of that. So anyways, yes, and our, our tree stands is not really tree stands. If people are thinking we're actually hanging computer chairs in the tree, that's not the case. But anyways, musky zinc. Todd? Musky zinc? Yeah, I just got a magazine in the mail today by November December issue came. That's one perk you get when you are a member of Muskie Zinc. You buy, you know, every two months, you get six to six a year, and uh, a lot of good stuff in there. I was looking through there a little bit just before we got started. Something to talk about here. They have uh, 
a list of all the different there's there's around 60 chapters now i see that they have a few new ones as of you know new i think they're they're new in the past like year here uh, one started up in virginia one in central new york and a mid-iowa muskies but you can see see where they're all at pretty much throughout the whole muskie region uh that you know you can find a local chapter somewhere in your area and very important to get involved the the magazine has a lot of neat stuff the chapters are able to put a little update in the back part of the magazine you can read you know they'll throw tournament results out and things like that but uh all the chapters are doing a lot of of uh neat things throughout the throughout the uh, you know uh throughout the country uh I know our chapter, you know, you can pick up, picking up a magazine, you can see what some of these other clubs are doing and, uh, you know, gives, gives, gives you some ideas for your own club. But, uh, big thing is get involved, you know, find a, find a, uh, local chapter, get involved with it and, uh, see what you can do. You can make a difference. That's right. And uh, I got my magazine, I think yesterday mm-hmm. and I immediately looked at the lunge log or mm-hmm. like, like the, the standings. And we oh, yeah. have, we have, I know two people that are sitting at number one. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I didn't even look at that, but and, I looked at it on the computer there. And in, in the men's, there is a yeah. guy that is running away with number one. Yes. Oh yes, I see that. Do you, Do you want to you want to knock out knock out the stats on that? No. Yeah, let's mm. wait till. Okay. I mean, we'll it's November. Till, we got to wait till January till it's, it'll be all over. I think you. You have a one, you have thirty days to turn your fish in. I know I, you did this a few years back. Well, like twenty years back, but uh, for a couple of years we turned our fish in. I think you have thirty days, but I do think as of December, you know that you know they get a tallied before like the end of January. We'll put it that way. Uh, I know at the end, so but there's still time. Yeah, they're, 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 the men's division is it's going to be hard to catch the guy leading that for sure. The women's division, there's a little more competition. A little more competition there, yeah. So it'll be fun. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, now that way I think updated as of September. Yeah. That, that That's what, if I remember seeing that correctly. So, that's what it said, yeah. So don't do what I say and say it out loud. But if anyone mm-hmm. out there that's a member wants to go and look at what we're talking about, you can do it in the magazine you get from Muskie's Inc. Yeah. There. There you go. Boom. Boom. Through the plugs. DK is very confident in that he does not want to do plugs. So, <laughs> DK, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. You're pretty good. You're coming down. You're actually you're coming off of a little illness. So, we're going to put you to the test. We're going to make you talk the whole time. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect? Perfect. All right. So... What have you been up to since the last time you've been on the show? It's been a while, hasn't it? I don't even remember the last time. It's all been I a blur. <laughs> but uh, I'm still making baits in between family and fishing and work. Uh, I haven't fished a whole bunch this year, but made it a few times. A few times? Yeah, a few times. I think you fish quite a bit. It all depends who's looking at it. I guess if you're looking at it from my point of view, it's definitely a lot less this year. Okay. And that's just, you know, personal life's been busy. Yeah. 
that and the whole bolt deal kind of threw me off a little bit. But we're going to talk about that here soon, but because it was interesting, at least I think it was interesting because what 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 you ended up doing, there was we had some influence on what you did, and then how you did it had influence on what I did. So it's like this <laughs> this self feeding tornado that. But okay, let's just let's just go on. So, have you been playing around with anything new for you know the bait making standpoint? No, just sticking with what I've had going from last winter. Still the sixes, seven point fives, nines, and thirteens, and a couple eighteens. What was that big giant one that you put up on Instagram? It looked to be about I don't know forty seven inches long. <laughs> <laughs> That's the eighteen jointed, so it's. Uh... It's a big chunk of wood. I mean, it's heavy. It's the whole tree. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what size hooks do you have on that bait? I believe those are 12, uh, eagle, or, uh, must, must yeah. have 3551s, yeah. 12-aught hook, nice. You probably are not running very light line in loose drags with that. No, I have a rod designated just for for those baits. Um, I'm running a hundred pound tough line on it right now, but I'm thinking about even going a little higher with it. Now, that's a line that I don't hear a lot of. Is there a reason that you you chose tough line? Uh, actually, a friend of mine sent me to school to try out. He said he said he's had really good luck with it, so I'm giving it a go. What what have you used it at all? Just for the big baits and not a whole lot of time. Uh, okay. What's your initial impression? Because I've, I've only stuck with, like, the big two, and I'm not married to either one of them. What, what's, uh, what do you think about it? Initial opinion. Well, it's white compared to the moss green that I'm used to, but um, it, the, it feels like a good line. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell, right, until you actually grind them off the rocks a little bit or grind them off the rocks how do they really test that line i don't know is it just a simple pulley and a weight i i think it is yeah yeah i'm not sure but uh yeah i don't know if if they're going off of you know an individual line and then they're just gonna you know multiply it or something (laughs) like that Okay, what's funny? I did I miss it? Well, Andy keeps telling me to speak up into this microphone. You made like a, you were like humping. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were, dude. Okay, no, I wasn't. I was telling Vance to like scoot this thing closer to him. It was not <laughs> it was insinuating bad, anything dude. like that. Yeah, dude, it was like personal foul. If you would have done that in the end zone <laughs> after you caught a touchdown or something. No, I just want I want a good clean recording. Okay, nice. Because Vance is relearning right now to speak into the mic. I am. I am. Okay. So so tough line, it's white. Is it bleeding white at all? No, it's not actually. Which makes me wonder, those green lines. Obviously oh, they're terrible, aren't they? They they bleed, but is it really just white? And they dye it green, so it wouldn't really bleed if they just left it natural. I, I mean, I have no idea. I've never visited a plant that... Made line. Made line. Yeah. I just go and buy it every couple of years. 
But okay, so the jury's still out on your tough line. Yes. All right. And the jury's still out if a fish will actually eat that bait or not. But <laughs> how long? How many have you made? Uh, only two jointed, and then I believe six or eight straight bodies. Are you the only one that have them? No, I've I've sold. I think four of them. I have three here. Okay. Is one coming my way? <laughs> it could. It could. <laughs> so, anyways, you put that up on Instagram. Do you want to drop your Instagram account? Oh, it's just DK Musculars. There, check it out. It's super impressive the size of them, and for whatever reason, like I'm sure people have seen those big giant like novelty rapalas. This is almost from the photo that size, but I think the cool factor that it actually works really makes me want to have it, so I can <laughs> hang it on the wall. So you can hang it on the wall. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do those big rapalas run? I don't know. No, no, they don't. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> no, I don't know. I, just, I, I, I have one. See them. You have one, yeah. Have you it tried does, it? Does. I have. They're just way too buoyant, and yeah. they they won't do anything. It's just that, yeah, I didn't know. At I least mine. They made a few different styles. Um, I have yeah. the shad. Okay. okay. I have the classic minnow fire tiger. Well, you're gonna have to try it now. I I never it never really occurred to me. I just looked at it. I'm like, oh, that's a novelty, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no one's ever tried it. <laughs> Here's DK piping right in. Mm-hmm. A, I, I you know we had a I had a friend that caught one on a lure they called a grunt. Uh, yes, I've seen those. I think it was uh, man. It might have been. I I from if I remember, it might even been two feet long. I can't remember. It was big. Was it, it big was it one. novelty big or was it? No, no, no. It was a lure that people ran. Uh, a grunt is what it was called. He caught a fish. He, he caught a fish on it one time when we were up in Canada. The fish was about the size of the lure. It was like a thirty inch. <laughs> was it a yeah. snag? What's that? Was it a snag? Or do you? No, think... it it bit the middle hook. I mean, it tried to bite the bait. You know, middle hook. Wow. Yep, middle a little, hook. little bit better than the tail hook, but not quite yeah. the front hook. I'm saying that bait was probably. I mean, they they look so big, but it was it was every bit of 16 inches. I don't remember. You know, I mean, I'd have to look them up. That that was a long time ago. But uh, I I don't hear much about them. I don't remember where they were made or anything. But uh, people would run them some. I mean, I mean, in Canada, when you're running one rod a person, any kind of jacking around you're doing. Mm-hmm. Is literally costing you the rod. I mean, say I yeah, have... you got to put a lot of faith in something grabbing that. You know, I don't know. Or, or, you know, even to me, like the 12, 12 inch, the big twelve inch Wileys have a, you know, they have a pretty big body to them, and uh, I know I know you can catch big fish on them, but I've caught lots of fish on them, but I've caught a lot. Of... A lot of thirty inches too. It's not like it. Uh, you, not like you'd think. Like all the big ones are going to hit it, but yeah. Like you know what I was. What I was thinking is, 
on occasion, if, if you know, just I'm going to use a different example, but I think you'll get the idea. So we're up on Erie. We have three guys in the boat, and we're running eight rods, four rods aside, but we're all nine rods. You have like that extra rod to play with, and like, well, let's mm-hmm. just put this out and yeah, see yeah. what happens. But in Canada, it's just like we're going to put this out and see what happens, and you're like, oh yeah, that's my rod. <laughs> so my, I'm just going to experiment for the next two hours. Yeah, I mean that's that's a gutsy move. Yeah, this, that's kind of what happened to me last weekend. I I said if I mark the right fish, I'm going to throw that bait on, make a pass or over it or whatever, and. uh I actually, for the first time since I've had side scan, saw what I believe was a muskie, like right behind a, a big ball of bait. And I'll tell you, I never ran so fast to the back of the boat to actually take that lure off and put something on that I had more confidence on you. <laughs> With a little more confidence, yeah. <laughs> so you, were t- you weren't putting it out, you were taking, bringing it in. I did. I took it off and I put a nine on. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You were like, oh shit, there's an actual fish there. I better put something on that I won't get. Man, you're not you're doing a terrible job selling me that bait. Yeah. <laughs> I never when I when I know I'm not catching a fish, I'll put that out. <laughs> then when it's time, you're sitting there, I can just see you like trying to crank the reel and then the drag is slipping because it's now just just plowing deeper. <laughs> <laughs> it takes you three times as long to reel it in. Kill the motor. Put it in reverse. Yeah. That thing I got to see this bait run. We're gonna to get to that. Yeah, and I, I mean, it 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 really does run great. Mm-hmm. Nice, like a perfect running lure. I looked up the grunt. The grunts are seventeen inches long. Yeah. It's like a big grandma style lure. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance then? <laughs> yeah, I know some of you caught one. Now this, this like only has a, They only have. I'm, I'm I'm happen to be at home here, so I can get on the computer while we're doing this. It has a seven aught mustad. I do remember the the hooks look ridiculously crazy. Still, <laughs> it looks like a. <laughs> it's not a big enough hook. We'll put it that way. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a one aught, and they got six yeah, of them on the belly. It, 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 that's going to be hard to run in your because where you're fishing, DK, you're one pole, right? Yes, most, one pole. most of the places one one yeah. out and then that yeah. makes it so hard to, you know, that, that makes it so hard to stick with, with to try something. I I I know, I, I could <laughs> I know exa- I could see exactly what you're. Sometimes if we we get to trolling and I'm in Canada, I'm, I, I'll play with something and. You know, a little time will go by, and I'll reel in, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot I had that thing out there." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I just wasted an hour. You know, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's hard one pull. But uh, now, what's your feeling on that, DK? Do you, are you, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down on the one rod? I. I guess I'd like to see two rounds per person, but especially casting. Imagine if you could <laughs> cast two poles at once. <laughs> I'm on it. You're on it. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> Not only that, I'm gonna have it casting two fly rods. So it's literally looking like just big whippies in the front of the boat, just <laughs> zinging out flies. Well, I have I have, all, I have these questions about the the body of water. Uh, 
it's one rod of man because the river is in Ontario at points. Yes. Uh, it's is it sharing regulations? No, they Canada has their own regulations, but they match up. Some of them match up with ours. Um, on the on the American side, we can run two per person. Okay, so so that's that's the that's when I was asking that question. You know what? How do you feel about that? You're you're sometimes in international waters. Yes. Okay. That that's that's different now. I was thinking. So in on the U.S. side, it's two rods. Canadian side. On, on yeah, on the U.S. side, two rods, and uh, there is a zone on the river that's Canadian water that you can run two per person up towards Lake Ontario. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest is all one. What's the What's the rationale behind that? I don't know, honestly. Is there some maybe some kind of salmon or something that people go out commercially, not commercially, but you know, guide, guide and client kind of thing? Well, I think it's when they, you know, they 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 added the Great Lakes. You know, it was all it was one. We we went to Lake St. Clair for years, and it was one pole, and uh, Canada changed that. The, the you know being part of the Great Lakes that, you know, you can troll two poles there now. It must have just, I, I didn't know all the areas they do. I don't know if you can do it on the Georgian Bay. I don't know if you could do it on the rivers, but I mean, I, think, I know there was I other think places. I think Lake, Lake the Woods is like, all one rock per person. And even, I think Georgian Bay is too, honestly. I'm not 100% sure on that, but. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that changes. Vance, you must know. Well, all the zones that I'm in up there are, uh, or, or one rod, rod a man. I, yes. I have. It all had to do with the Great Lakes. With part they added with two poles had to do with the Great Lakes system. I know that. But. Yeah. So on the Canadian side of Lake St. Clair, you can run to a man. You can run two poles, yes. Okay. You can now. Same with uh, same with on the United States side, to a man? No. Uh, it used to be two. I mean, I can't remember what uh, Michigan's law was. I've only fished Michigan water a few times, but we did go there a long time ago. We went there because we could run, you know, we were running two poles and we were there when you crossed into Canada, you had to reel one in. Uh, I, I don't know if they're two or three now, you know, everything's changed. Mm-hmm. You know, New York now is three and Pennsylvania's three. And that's all new within the past few years too. You know, they used to be two everywhere. So I don't know. I don't, I don't really know, but you can run two poles, uh, you know, on parts of the Great Lake in Canada waters. Lake St. Clair, you can do two poles. It made the fishing a lot more, um, you know, going to that big body water. I was a lot more excited to go when they said you could run two poles. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Now that I sidetracked everyone, you had questions about the body of water, Vance. I'm sorry for interrupting. Yeah, that was it. Oh, okay. I mean, how do you, you could see on your graph, you know, where the, obviously the countries are, are split up there, mm-hmm. uh, but that would kind of drive me nuts. I'd probably just be like, yeah, we're just going to do one a man. Is that one a zigzag? You're just going to work the line. Yeah. Because the grass is greener. Well, you know what I'm saying? How, how much of a pain in the ass would that be? It would like toe the line. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, dude, I'm on, uh, I'm on the United States side. I can have these two poles out right now. You know, imagine that that wouldn't hold up well. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and you know how everybody pushes the envelope. So it would just be easier to do one rod a man when, if you're even thinking of going to Ontario. Mm-hmm. You know well, you guys got to go out and fish a day here not long ago. And did you go through, uh, so, I mean, here's something that a lot of guys aren't going to know, and I don't really do it that much either. What's the deal with going through, uh, I, I assume you launched in New York, but you fished in Canada. Did you have to call in to anywhere to say, I mean, I know that's what they're doing on like St. Clair, uh, like customs. Yeah. So last year we had to call in every time we crossed into Canadian waters. Um, I had the one 800 number programmed right in my phone. It would take about the first time you had to give them your boat information. Um, mm-hmm. and then after that, they had to store it in the computer. So you call in, tell them your name, um, birth date and all that and they just go through their routine questions any firearms uh currency over ten thousand answer no 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 and they give you a report number so you just have to carry a notebook in the boat right the report number down well they uh they changed all that okay late last year early this year and now you can as long as you don't touch ground you can just cross over okay. and cross back okay nice Th- thank nice. god for that because I just yeah. remember having guns and a bunch of cash when I got in the boat. Remember that? <laughs> I mean, th- there hasn't been a time that Vance hasn't had a pocket full of cash. And guns. And just guns. <laughs> <laughs> just As a matter of fact, that's why I was late tonight. That, that really is the reason. Because I forgot the, my guns. He, he, he just didn't trust me that much. He needed to come back and eat. <laughs> and like he sat down at the... At our studio, and he just slaps down this pistol, and he's like, I'm watching you. <laughs> but yeah, I was late because I forgot my gun that Andy <laughs> has to sight in for me. I don't have time to do <laughs> So you can shoot more bucks. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have time to shoot my own gun. Yeah, you got to take care of this for me. Let me know if it's shooting good. I know that you're lazy and have nothing to do. <laughs> Can you do this? Can you do me a solid as I drive by a shooting range to your house? Actually, two of them. I don't have time to do this stuff. It's tough to, uh, you know, juggle both hobbies. You know what I'm saying? So I'm the enabler for the other one. I'm paying to have a friend in hunting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm such a bad hunter. I'm like I'm very bad at hunting. I could knock him dead, but I'm just terrible at it. You know, if I shot more, I probably wouldn't gut shoot all those freaking deer and stuff. You know. Uh. Perhaps we should say this for another show. Oh man. People don't know the near the detail that I know, I know and why it's so funny to me. Okay, we're talking about fishing here with DK. Okay. <laughs> so. Anyway, that's crazy. So the, you had to call in every time you crossed the river. Yeah, it was a pain. I had no idea you had to do that. <laughs> and they just changed it this year. What you do, like just once, or you don't have to do it anymore, period? You don't have to do any more periods from what I've gathered. But. Nice. Now, what would you have to do to come back in the U.S.? Well, 
I believe you're supposed to report back in. Now you believe. It doesn't sound like you did. Yeah, I don't. Do they um, think that you're still abroad? <laughs> he never checked out. I, honestly, I don't know because it's not like you're touching land. Um, yeah. So it could be different. could be a gray line there. I don't know. Um, yeah, if, if you find out I'm in prison like, tomorrow yeah. or the next day, I'm going to lie. <laughs> because we got a huge audience. And they're, and they're just waiting to pinch people. I wonder if that would happen if you went to, if you, if it would like, uh, you know, ping up once you do cross the border and what we're comfortable with saying is like the peace bridge from Buffalo to Ontario. Okay. If you go there and you're like, Hey, I'm coming in the country and they're like, well, you never left. Us, you've never left. You've been here the whole time. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> DK gets out of the car and just all this cash falls on the ground. And guns. No guns, just cash. Just cash. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Very annoying. Didn't know you had to do all that stuff. All right, so it wasn't that long ago. Vance met up with DK, and they had an epic day of fishing. <laughs> yes, we did. Damn right we did. We had fun. It was, fu- it was fun for sure. It could have been a little bit better in the fish department, but... But okay, so let's let's DK start from the very beginning. And now Vance, if he's lying, I want you to jump in and fix this. Okay, absolutely. Tell us the story, because I I never I never bummed the questions because I knew that we were going to have you on the show soon. So I want to hear how this day went. Go. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Vance drove up, met me in Clayton, and how far of a drive is? Is that from your place? For me? Yeah. Hour and a half, hour and 40. Okay, so Vance drove considerably further. That's just what I do. Yep, that's what you do. Okay. And will you just, is that some like yearly trip that you do there or is there just, you just decide to have a meeting point? Uh, I I spent a lot of time up there actually. Um, And it was, I figured it'd be a little closer for him. So it worked out. Um, we headed right over to the Canadian side, and I showed him some of the more popular areas over there. Um, it's it's a real nice scenery up there. A lot of uh, like rock cliffs that come into the water, and nice camps, really nice camps. Vance yeah. and I had a little conversation about. It wasn't, I'm sorry, it wasn't Vance, uh, another guy we were talking. How could they you call them co- cottages over in oh. Canada. We call them camps. <laughs> They're pretty big cottages or camps. Those, <laughs> yeah. Those places. Yeah, really nice. Well, they, is that the Thousand Islands, that area? Is that? It, it is. It starts from the mouth of Ontario and mm-hmm. pretty much runs all the way down past Morristown. Yeah, that it was really neat. It's like a, it was like a little lake town, big like, you know, like when you would drive through. There was a lit up sign said Thousand Islands. You drove right through it. It was really neat, and uh, yeah, it rings true. There was a ton of like little rock islands with 
houses on them and stuff. It reminded me a lot of Canada. I mean, we were in Canada, but imagine that. Of course, uh, a lot further away from where I fish up in Canada to Clayton, but um, just neat little neat neat little town. Yeah, Lake Town. I love that stuff. Um, big giant ramp. How big is a boat ramp? It I want. I want to fact check this. It was huge. It was like one of those. Uh, Almost like a pier. That yeah, it's like a, it, it. It is like a big break wall pier, um, nice and deep and clear. There was like uh, D Day style boats there. You know the ones that like <laughs> open up in the front. Yeah. You know, big boats like that there, and then we were putting, yes. putting oh, in. Go ahead. Yeah, we were putting in our little boats there. I thought it was just just neat. You see a bunch of stuff up there. Were they were they military or were they like private citizens moving stuff to these islands? I think that's what it is, private. Okay. Yeah, so the downfall with that is there's only, it's a one ramp launch, basically. Mm-hmm. So I was up there last fall and got ready to pack it in. They had a bass tournament going on there, and we waited for almost two and a half hours. There was over 100 bass boats loading, on, or yeah, loading their boats from that one launch. It was terrible. Did you yeah, hit it hit it before or when you were coming in? Right when we were coming in, they were all coming in too. Oh my! Did the thought yeah. cross your mind to just go out and troll in front of there and just say, you know, fish for an extra two hours? I was beat. I just we waited and went to get the truck, and I had people trying to cut in front of me. And it turned into one of those deals where <laughs> enough was enough. You just went for it. I just went for it. Yeah. <laughs> just going to send it. That's what you got to do. But, yeah, we we met there early in the morning. That was the day that I I think I had freshly put a hook in my hand. No, that was two days prior to leaving for that. Yeah, so in that, uh, I'll, I'm going to just kind of put this time frame-wise. Our last podcast, Vance talked about a, a whole bunch of things that had gone wrong. This was in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, but I like I drove up from my place around like three a.m. with a big hole in your hand, mm-hmm. and we uh, we started fishing. It was a pretty nice day. If, you know, it was really nice, actually. Yeah, and uh, I got to see DK's boat. It was awesome. I fished out of a six twenty. We're gonna talk about that a little we'll bit. Talk more. about that, but you know. It was just nice to get up there and fish on a different body of water. And like I said, you know, sitting in the passenger seat. I was going to bring up this once I caught a break was what was it like not being in control? It felt like heaven. Did you hear that, DK? It was heaven on earth. Yeah, Yeah, he told me a couple times. Yeah, I cleared some rods every once in a while. But more or less, you said you better put a fish in this boat. No. (laughs) <laughs> it was nice man i mean that from going and doing it every day you know, todd go to every day and trolling six poles oh my god yeah it's so different that that is the big it, it's like the shock yeah yeah so it, it kind of forces you forces you to relax a little more right and learn on the one oh yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you, you let the pot put it in and i i remember you know when i do go to canada it's like okay uh we're fishing. <laughs> I have nothing else to do. 
One and pole. the best, yeah, the best part about that area up there too is there is no like hardly any floating weeds, so you can set a rod out and troll for yeah. an hour and not have to worry about it. I Just don't set it nice. and forget it. Yeah, I was yeah. I was like dunking poles and stuff. I was like, oh wait, I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah, you can actually <laughs> keep it up to where you can watch it yeah. run and mm-hmm. watch them hit. And- yeah, you get the tip yeah. up, and you're just like, "Yeah, I might even get out of the seat this time because I can still see it jiggling." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so did you guys have nice. to throw that big giant bait in the water at any time? We troll it for a little bit, I think, didn't we, Vince? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Now do you have that rigged on its own special rod, and I can just see you guys going over like this practice routine of like, big arc, send it. And there's Vance over there with his football arm launching this thing. So he gets it, you know, he gets it just line counters open. He throws it out there. It's the water slammed in the rod holder, cranking in the other rod. No, Mm -mm. I wasn't going to touch that thing. It's, it's, uh, I I didn't want to be responsible if I would like lose it or screw it up or something like that. (laughs) You know, DK, what would you have done if he would have lost it or screwed it up or something (laughs) like that? That's just a bait. We can make more. <laughs> Not that one though, because you, you would you'd done a little extra work on it. You, I think you put more weight in it. Yeah, I had to open it up, and which I hate to do, but it wouldn't run right before. So I added more lead, and lo and behold, it works. Yeah, nice. things things money. I couldn't believe how good it good it ran. I mean, it was just like a regular fifty finder jointed. Does it hold the speed? It, it does, and yeah. another reason I had the lead is because I want to run that bait at two and a half miles an hour, and before it would just it wouldn't do it. So now is that kind of go ahead? No, okay. So two and a half miles an hour. I wanted to at least clear this one up. I've talked to you several times on the phone in the last month, and something that comes up a lot, and I understand this because I also river fish. You're dealing with a fast current. And I'm in not certain sure. areas, yes. In, in Other areas, not so bad. Okay. So some people might not understand this. Let's just go when, how fast can your boat go upstream versus downstream on the same day? What What's the difference in speed? I'm not, there's about two miles, in, well, four miles an hour difference so i figure you know if i'm running if i was running 60 down and 56 up i guess i'd split it in the middle and 58 so it's usually about two two mile an hour current. that's to me that's pretty fast so when you say you want to troll that big giant bait at two and a half is that two and a half going down Downstream. Yeah, two and a half going up, um, oh, up ground there. speed. So the bait actually has a four and a half mile an hour action, right? Because you got to take that into consideration. And then if you wanted to go downstream with it, you're going to be going like six or seven miles an hour. Or is the there bait, a yeah. or, or is there a method that you're really trying to do, um, like trolling upstream or trolling downstream? Is there any scientific to that or you're just out there fishing well my boat won't go that slow i i don't think i could run two and a half going downstream so it's usually more like three and a half going down Mm -hmm. just because of the current 
But one thing I did notice is that baits will dive deeper trolling downriver than they will trolling upriver at the same speed. How much difference are you, you know, just ballpark it. I'm not going to hold you to it. <laughs> well, I can tell you with, uh, with a walleye bait, um, like a reef runner, uh, we can hit about 26 feet, 25 to 26 trolling upriver with 130 feet of line out. You can take the bottom. Um, if you turn around and head back down, you can get it down to over 30 feet. Hmm. That's like 10, 15%. Yeah. I almost, you know, I never put much thought into it, but I almost, it kind of almost makes sense. But I, in my head, my brain is battling with arguments for both ways. But you've tried it, so I got to take your word on it. So is, is that current? Are you noticing it more the deeper you go, or is it consistent with what's going on on the surface? It's pretty uniform. I mean, it's it's there whether you're in 40 feet of water or 15 feet of water, depending on the areas. You know, you have your, your current breaks and everything on the river where it will build around them. But once the river opens back up, it kind of levels back out. Mm-hmm. I was just like imagining... It being like still on the surface, you know, but then once like you... everything's sliding underneath the surface water. Yeah. I was going to that extreme, you okay. know, just thinking of it in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm doing three mile an hour on the surface here, but what's really going on when I'm punching these baits down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost like there might be like a tunnel of fast water. Mm-hmm. That's what I was picturing in my head, but it would be... I mean, if it's if it's on the surface, the same as it is down at your desired depth, uh, I would see. You know, that would be a lot easier. At that point, I would be checking out what's going on with the rod tip. You know, mm-hmm. you set that bait in the water, and you're just checking to see if it's tuned. The surface jiggle versus midway back jiggle versus all the way out jiggle. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. DK, do you notice anything? Uh. I I don't notice the difference, honestly. So you're saying like the currents are are pretty. It, it's consistent with you know one foot of water and twenty foot of water. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Just from, yeah. All right. So I could be wrong on that, but well, I mean, and you're fishing. You're in a day's fishing. You're fishing both upstream and downstream. Yes. Okay. Have you noticed if there's any better fish catching going one way or the other, or is it? Better? I do better. I do better going up, but uh, I have friends that do though maybe sixty percent going up, forty going down. Hmm. Catching actually, you know, so it's. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That there's a difference between going up and down where you get your hits. Do you have a theory on that? I don't. You just do it because it works? Well, the fish are always going to be facing, well, most of the time they're going to be face, facing into the current. Mm-hmm. So when you're trolling up wherever the bait is coming from behind them and 
you get the hooks good and deep in their back. Yeah, so if they have to turn, <laughs> if they're heading down, um, I don't know. Yeah, because you know, I've always, I always thought, you know, just like what you're saying, the fish are going to be facing into the current most of the time, and I always thought that if if they're waiting for something, and if it's coming at them, they got a shorter time, they're going to smack it better. But you know, I'm trying to think, and and I'm I'm just flying from the sea to my pants. I I don't. If someone asks me that, I say, based off my experience, I haven't noticed one way or the other. But my river is halfway stagnant in the summer, so that's that's even a terrible, terrible way of doing that. But that's interesting because you know your baits are going to have more action going upstream. But like you said, they're not getting the depth. But that might not be the end all. Hmm. Is is the depth because you're going to be getting yeah. two miles an hour extra. So you built the big giant bait to go two and a half, but it's going to have the four and a half mile an hour wiggle yes which on a big bait isn't that much but the big thing was to get it down there mm-hmm. did you dive curve that thing i didn't but you know like uh with any any of those big ones do you think you can achieve like that 20 foot range i know on the straight body 50 finder 18 Riley and I fished it last year. We had it back, I want to say 30, I think we talked about this. We had it back 37 feet or 38 feet, and it was nailing the bottom and 22 feet trolling up. Oh, my. Yeah, it's a, it's okay. a really steep dive curve, curve on them. The lips are huge. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't want to dwell too much more on this bait, but I'm curious, what rod are you using with it? Uh, that one is the new Chaos, I think it's a shock and off trolling rod, eight foot heavy. Is it really bending it over? It's not terrible. Um, if you troll that at four miles an hour, it'd be a different story, but. Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay. So you guys are fishing. The other thousand iron. Yeah. The thousand iron. The clarity of the water up there is it's crystal clear. It's amazing. You can see bottom. You can see down twenty five feet in most places easily. Yeah. Good thing or a bad thing? Uh I I like it. I mean, I mean, I I like looking in the water as well. But I I would imagine that now, Todd. May, Todd, you've played a lot well, on with a lot of different water. Extremely <clears throat> clear water. Is it harder to fish that, or is it easier? Uh I, I I like clear water. I've never been a murky, muddy water guy. but uh, And we deal with that at the beginning of the season on Chautauqua. Now, maybe not 25 feet, but I know this year, you know, weed edge 13, 14 feet. You could look down there and see the zebra mussels on the bottom. I could see the walleye swimming around. And I will say it's not often, it's not always the easiest time to get them. Uh, unless you get an overcast day, you know. But I, I, I like clear water. <laughs> I enjoy looking through it, but I always think that it's tougher to, to catch them in it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it definitely is with all your trout and salmon and stuff. Those guys don't like that real clear stuff, you know. But mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially, if we drove over a fish, you could, you could see it. You could spear it. Mm-hmm. Chilling wherever it was. It was 
It was cool. Okay. So Clearwater. Then what happened? No, we trolled the majority of the day. Well, we trolled the the whole day. Uh, we brought the Project X up, used mm-hmm. that a little bit. I put it on the wrong side initially, which was great. How dare you? And then uh, we got it on the right side. I forgot that it wasn't a driver's side uh, X, so we put it on the passenger side. And uh, thing ran good. We trolled all over the place and uh, covered a lot of water and had a great time. We didn't get any any hits, but that's that's musky fishing, you know. Mm-hmm. I care less if we caught a fish or not, you know. I was just, like I said, I felt like I was in heaven. So nice not having to worry about anything. Just like driving your car and not having anything behind it. That's very convenient. Yeah, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Now, DK, Vance is not listening. How is he as a boat, you know, partner? I'll let him come back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had to let him know that you weren't listening. He, he didn't break anything or lose anything? No. Oh, good. I only do that on my own stuff. <laughs> so, all right. Now, you were fishing out of a new boat. A new to me boat, yes. Yeah, that's all right. It's still a new boat. And yeah, were there anyone that had influence on you making a decision on on a new to you boat? It, all three of you guys, actually. <laughs> I'd like it cost to... me a lot of money. I'm sorry, <sighs> but all right. So we dropped the little seed in your in your brain, and. It started to grow, and then you settled on what boat? Uh, 2014 620 Fisherman. And I think on the last podcast, I told you guys that I was getting the two-foot syndrome, right? Yes, you were. Yeah, it took over, so. Yeah, and that, and I kept, like. And you, yeah, you added to it. But. Yeah, I, sometimes you got to, you know, add fertilizer to get that seed to grow. So. You ended up getting it, and essentially the way you got it, I mean, I don't know how much how much we want to put time on that, but um, I ended up buying my Ranger the same way that he bought his Ranger, my new Ranger, I should say. New to me, if we're going to keep things consistent. And to me, I think that that is, for people looking at used boats, if you know what you're looking for, and you can kind of get a good trusting relationship with the seller, you can get a boat that is not even close to your house. Easily. Very easily. Yeah. And, I mean, do you want to give give the overview? DK. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, do you want to give the overview on on how it all went down? Yeah, so I found mine on walleye boats for sale on facebook i'd been looking and usually whenever you see 620 pop up they sell within or you know let's say pending within 10 15 minutes they just go so fast um it was, i think it listed at like 10 o'clock on a friday night so i sent the guy a message and um as of saturday morning he didn't have anyone locked into it yet so we talked on the phone for probably an hour that morning and uh he sent me a bunch of pictures and 
I knew I wanted it. So I put a, a deposit down on it like probably three days later. Um, it was one of those deals where he had to wait for him to get his new boat before I could take this one. Mm-hmm. So I knew I was going to be a little while off before I got it, which was fine. So it'd give me time to get, you know, my end of the deal ready. And, uh, I did one run into one problem. The boat came from Wisconsin. Um, and I'm in New York and New York and Wisconsin are not a reciprocating tax tax state. So the DMV in New York was telling me that I was going to have to pay 8% sales tax when I went to register it. And Wisconsin, um, back up a little bit, he ended up having the dealership where he ordered his new boat do the paperwork on this one, like a courtesy trade. So I was essentially buying the boat from a dealership in Wisconsin and they told me that they had to charge me tax, which was 5.5%. So it was a big mess. I called the Wisconsin tax department and ended up finding out that if I physically didn't step foot in that state to get this boat, I didn't have to pay tax at the dealership. So since I had a third party haul the boat, that cleared me of that. That is the things to look for because I essentially I was, you know, I wasn't getting my used boat from a dealer. I was getting it from an individual and very similar. And I, I pretty much mimicked with DK, you know, after hearing how, you know, for the most part smooth it went, I did the same thing. And the one thing that I found out with my boat was different States do different things with the titling and the registration of stuff. And I had, a little bit of a trouble because Minnesota, if your trailer's like under 3000 GVW, um, they don't, they just kind of give you a registration lifetime registration sticker to, you know, that owner. And there was really no paperwork to sign off a transfer of ownership. So with mine, I had to do a little more digging. I had to print some stuff off online to prove that Minnesota does in fact do this because the state isn't going to try to figure out, that on their own, you have to prove it for yourself. And once I had all the the, the proof there, it went th- it went through flawless. But that was the one thing that I had issue wise from Minnesota to Pennsylvania was the trailer. So anyone out there that's you know looking at doing this, just don't think that it's always going to be completely clean slate. You know, sometimes you got to do a little bit of uh, footwork to get something like this complete. But all right, so that's the little story thing there. So. So you got the boat, and how did it get back to your place? I had a company out of Indiana um, pull the boat back for me. Uh, the guy was really good to work with, um, stayed in contact the whole time. He was recommended by a friend of mine who had his boat hauled from Washington State to Massachusetts, and the guy is great. Um I can't remember the name of his business. Do you remember, Andy? Oh, it's, yeah, Something it, logistics. But if, mm-hmm. if anyone's looking at it, we'll all get a hold of me and I'll pass his information along. Correct. Yeah, and then, in fact, I did the exact same thing. I got the contact number from, from Dave, and I contacted the same guy, and it worked out to where he was coming back from, like, Denver or something and going into New York, so... He just had a little out of his way to grab the boat and bring it here. And, you know, it was like a little over a thousand miles for me. 
it would have taken me three days to make the round trip. Instead, he picked it up one morning. I had it the next day. And yeah, I didn't it's, have to- it's, it's definitely worth it. I mean, if you can trust the person you're buying the bull from, knowing what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. So everything works out. Boat comes to you, and then what happened? Um, surprised any anything you know you like it no, nervous actually, i mean everything he told me and about it was correct i mean i loved it as soon as the, it got in my driveway um i ended up breaking the law a little bit i put my plate on it off my other boat because i still had that and i took it out that day and i was just blown away by the the ride and the quality of it i mean as compared to the old boat, it was it lived up to the the hype that we talk about. It definitely did, yeah. And you don't realize that until you make the jump. Mm-hmm. I never thought it would be possible, you know, to do that, and I didn't think that it was was going to be as nice as it was. But as soon as we got driving in them, uh, I was blown away. You know, mm-hmm. I, I opening. I know, I know Todd probably feels the same way about that. Uh, Let's ask yeah. him. Todd, how do you feel about that? Yes. <laughs> Especially going full speed, you know, when when you're... Uh, it, it, at first, I didn't really know what I was doing, you know. We get in some pretty big waves, and I didn't really want to go full blast through there because I couldn't end my aluminum boat, but that boat does better when you just blow right through them and go right over top of them and full speed baby that's what i'm noticing too yeah yeah all those years of you guys looking at me why are you going so fast over those waves Mm -hmm. it's because it's like smooth like it's almost not even doing anything but nice so you're happy (laughs) i mean you that was a leap of faith for you because you really hadn't been in too many rangers have you I had never been, I'd never been up to that, well, yeah, up to that point, so. That's, that's a big leap to, like, never have been in one to get I mean, I I definitely asked around, um, a lot of people I know on Facebook have them, and one guy said there's no other boat, so, (laughs) and he wasn't lying, I mean, it's just, every time I'm out, I have a smile on my face, so. Mm Mm-hmm. And... You caught a big giant fish in it too. I did right away. Do you want to, you know, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Talk about the fishing trip. Yeah, we could. Um, it was a all night trip. I took my friends Tom Storen out with me, and it was pretty quiet at the beginning. Uh, we ended up staying out to like I think two or three in the morning, and. As soon as it got dark, we got a switch turned on. We picked up, uh, let say we, Tom, caught a, I think it was a 42 right away on a 50 finder, 9-inch. Um, and shortly after that, he caught his personal best to 51 and a half on a 50 finder. And maybe an hour after that, I ended up making a 50 finder 13 and 50 mission cap, which is like a a green glitter base with a brown top and gold sides and uh i told tom i wanted to run it 
that night. So he mentioned to me, he said, why don't you throw that on, try it for a pass. So I put it on and first pass with a, I caught a 56 and a half, my new personal best. New personal best in the new boat. Yes. Now, did it, so, did it fight like a 56 and a half as people would think a 56 and a half would fight? I mean, I I knew it was a big fish. Like, I knew it was definitely over 50 from the way it was head shaking and bulldogging me. But uh, it wasn't actually until I got it on the bump board that I knew what we had there. But um, it also jumped out of the water about 20 feet behind the boat. And I still didn't realize, you know, how big it was. But Probably makes you a little nervous when you see Shamu come out. Yeah, especially with a 13-inch bait, you know, like, there's a lot of uh, a lot of weight to get swinging there, and a lot can go wrong, right? Oh, yeah. And... But everything worked out, got it in the net, um, put it on the bump board, Tom got a really good picture of the fish on the bump board where you can see the whole size of it, and sent it back to the depths, and I think we called it shortly after that. Yeah, I'd say that's a good place to end. Yeah. So, how many, you know, it seems as though you catch a high percentage of, a higher than average, nationwide average fish that are trophy size, four foot and bigger. How rare is it to get one that's like next level over trophy size? Could you, I'm sure uh, you have a network of friends time. up there. It all equates to time on the water and just being out there. Um, I honestly don't put enough time on, you know, like just because of everything that goes on. So it's all hit or miss, but I mean, the, the chances are there for you, you know. Right. Now, like, I'm sure you have friends and stuff. You have a network up there that you talk to. Most Most people that I know have a network of anglers they'll talk you know openly about and that stuff does does like most everyone in your network group have a super tanker to their name no not necessarily um i mean 50s are pretty common but once you once you hit that you know 55 mark is really it's tough Nice. So 55 up there is is like a... Milestone, yeah, for yeah. sure. Is like a Chautauqua 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. And anything crazy when they get up to that size, do they get do they put on more weight, or are they just the same as a 50, just five inches longer? Pretty much same as a 50, five inches longer. Um, late season, they can get some pretty good girth, but... Yeah, because kind of what I've noticed is, I don't know, what do you say? Right around that 44-inch mark, you know, should maybe not in the 55-inch land area, but you, you get a 44-inch muskie, there's a, there's a difference between that and the 38. Like, there's it starts to fill in a little bit better. Am I, am I nuts for thinking that? No, I think that's pretty accurate in, you know, like New York inland waters and Ohio and Pennsylvania. They start to look a little different. It's almost like the, the weight to length ratio changes. And their heads are nicer. Their gill plates are nicer. Mm-hmm. 
I want to make sure I wasn't the only one when I was going yeah. on a limb on that, leaving me hanging. So it, it it doesn't really have that weird change to it, that shifting of, but they're just incredibly long. I, re- I would imagine that 56 probably had what, like a 14 inch head on it or something. <clears throat> yeah, it had a really big head. It was at least 14. Yeah, that's enormous. Was it wide across the back? Not not huge, not like not terribly wide. Um, I didn't I didn't girth it or anything. It was just I rarely, rarely do that unless they look really big. But it was just a nice quality, healthy river fish. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So you're searching for her now. Last I talked with you on the phone, you said I said so you're gonna be putting the boat away, and you're like, no, I got like nine more weekends to fish. Yeah, we have till December fifteenth. 15th, so gonna stay on it. Okay. Yeah, that's uh did you get your rear curtains made for that boat? Are you gonna do Not that yet. for that for that that season? No, I might call them this week and see if I can get it in. Mm. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna oh. catch some people up real quick. So you recently like Vance have got a big bimini top made and we talked at length with paul with about the bimini's and kind of like what todd's going to get made here sometime before next season and you're now looking at completely enclosing it like vance just recently yeah i just recently did that and ran it for the first time today um yeah i I have the top and the side curtains um like I don't have the back curtain yet, but I ended up heading back up two days after I fished with Vance. A friend came down from Winnipeg, and he was in Toronto visiting his sister, so he met me. And uh, it was a windy day, and the heater kept, you know, blowing out on us. And I, I just decided, you know, uh, let's, we're this far, let's just finish it up. And so I'm going to send it back in. And I imagine with one rod a person, that would probably be easier to keep everything completely enclosed. As opposed yeah. to like if you had three rods aside, so you got six rods hanging out everywhere mm. and a side curtain if you were going to take it all the way back to like the transom. Yeah. Where I, does yours end, Vance? Mine, mine ends right where the bimini top ends. You know, it just goes straight down. It's a straight 90, downer. Yeah, okay. the 90 from there. And I, I put, you know, we put that extra track on there. I can still run a decent spread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was crazy when it was up. You know, it sounds, it sounds a lot different. It's louder, right? It's it's a lot louder. Uh, yeah, but it feels like it's twenty degrees warmer inside the whole thing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. when you're all enclosed there. Essentially, what I did was I I zipped everything up and left one of them unzipped so you could sneak in and out quickly. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. But I mean it took a 40 degree day and it it felt like like a day on the sunny beach yeah because it took everything out of it you know the wind mm-hmm. it was unbelievable i did not have a heater running so i did like steam up in there okay so those those little buddy heaters will you know defrost the place yeah because when we went out Vince, um we had some issues right <laughs> with visibility so yeah that little that little heater definitely plays a big part in keeping your uh, windows clean and yeah absolutely 
You know, you could probably get a heater that plugs into a 12-volt outlet. No. I'm not going to do that. Okay. That's where the cigarette lighter goes. Yes, too many cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to be the guy to do it. But that's where the cigarette did we did we bring that up on the on the podcast about how the how you picked the, up smoke? No, the charter the next day. No, we did not. Yeah. Okay. So let, let, let's do this. We had a little outtake that was hilarious about. Uh, parody of just talking about picking up smoking uh on the on the one with paul and the very next day yeah i'm out i'm out on on a charter and the clients just could not stop chain smoking (laughs) the whole time they were just smoking cigarettes and and i was laughing and they're just like what like you got a problem with this man they probably listened right before they came. <laughs> they probably picked up the habit the night before. They didn't even smoke till that day. <laughs> like, this guy really likes smoking. We got to impress him. Fit in, man. <laughs> Watch this. Did he say? My guys that they whipped out big cigars. I said, "Oh, you listen to the podcast." Huh? <laughs> yeah, but they just were smoking the whole time. So, so you just lit one up. <laughs> Naturally, Naturally, I was in good company when we all smoked the rest of the day. <laughs> and not a lot of fish were caught after that. The bim- the bimini is not good for smoking in in a much more real sense. <laughs> I was like, <coughs> I was like, what? I felt like I was smoking the whole time because it was just getting blown in with ash and smoke, you know. Right, but the the where we were going with this. Um, was Vance sent a photo of him holding a pack of cigarettes <laughs> and a cigarette in the other hand? Yeah. Not not lit, not, not lit, lit. But it was it was obviously for the for the joke, and he he sent it to Todd and I b- because of what happened the night before. Looked awkward, right? It it really did because you looked very uncomfortable doing yeah, it. Yeah, you know, smoking used to make like people look cool. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's what it looked like on those dare commercials and stuff. <laughs> the dare commercials. You know what I'm saying? When Barbara well, Bush was trying to get well, they were kids like to smoking's quit. cool, yeah. And it was like some like older upperclassman in a leather jacket, like try this freshman. And they were like, <laughs> like flashed forward to them like in jail or something extreme, you know. <laughs> but. I certainly could have never been that dare actor of making smoking looking cool. I, I looked very awkward. Almost feminine, yeah? It was bad. Flash forward dare <laughs> That's what it was, dude. Scared the shit out of me. And that's probably why you had that little bit of fear in your eyes in that photo. <laughs> I don't want to go to don't, jail. Don't arrest me, please. <laughs> but, Okay. We got we, we got to be professional here. All right, so biminis are not good for non-smokers with smokers in them. No, but they're great for foul weather and this time of year. I'm glad we cleared that one up. Yeah. So, all right, so DK, you're getting you're getting the whole shebang made. Are you going to have the same side? You know, like the I don't even I forget the name of that end curtain, the back curtain, or whatever. 
come straight yeah. down or are you going to have yeah. it like turtle shell all the way to the back? No, just straight down. So you can still, you know, do what you have to do behind it. See, I think that that would, that's almost a better way than what my Crestliner had. My Crestliner had it to where the whole thing was like it added this whole shell to it. And it was like a big giant room. Yeah, I've seen that. But how would you even like clear your rods or net a fish? Yeah, it would be you very have difficult. You drop it, right? Yeah, it, yeah, or you pop up, you know, open up some side part of it, and then you kind oh, okay. of poke out. I mean, I never, I never ran mine on the water because I'm like, you know, it's a neat idea, but I'm like, I'm never going to go fishing in this kind of crappy weather with this boat. So I put it up one time. I think it was like a week after I got the boat, but it was really cool because you could almost like, yeah, I'm going to camp here. You know, you'll anchor up somewhere and sleep, and you got like a cabin over you. Yeah, but yeah, I kind of hit on the main things I want to talk to DK about. It, it, yeah, it's good stuff. It is good stuff. So, I, re- I really enjoyed my fishing trip up there. It's an unbelievable body of water. Wish I could do it more. Um, and I still think it's crazy. People fish all the way up till December. You know, the last day up there, you'll see snow and snow on the boats and freezing mm-hmm. but chance at a freaking whale that's right todd you have any questions for for dave no we're good i'm i'm excited excited to hear your advance got to get up there and i've never gone up to that area yeah. good stuff dk you got anything for us uh, no, I don't. Well, I can keep going all night if, if you have if you have questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't. Andy wants one of those eighteen inches. Yeah, hey. we can talk. We can talk about that. You hear that negotiations? You got to run it. I don't have to do nothing. You got to fish. I should fish more. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know. Yeah, you, you should. So how many times have you used your boat now? It's been on the water three times for a total of 40 minutes. <laughs> well, that's better than nothing, right? <laughs> that's what I say, but I got a guy over here laughing at me over that. <laughs> hey, there's always next year. It's mine, and she's paid for. Perfect. There you go. I might be the only one in this room that can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. That shiny 2002 out there. <laughs> Don't scratch her. She's paid for. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've only been out. And, uh, yeah, that's a whole other podcast. I'm not going to get into that right now. But So, uh, DK, how about this? Put out your plugs. I can't just let you go without... I, I honestly don't have any. Holy moly. I got shot down. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, we're still running the Facebook group, DK Muscular Sales. Um, right now it's shut down for a little while. Uh, it should be back available. You can search it. Um, fill out the questionnaire. Lad you. And you'll have a fair shot like everybody else to purchase baits. The questionnaire. Yeah, we we talked at length on the first show with DK, 
And part of the reason why we didn't, you know, hammer home on on the whole how to get get a hold of a DK yourself is because we pretty much had it all very in detail in the previous show. So yeah. we were just touching base, you know. So are you now? I'm just going to kind of wrap this one up right real quick on this. Um, those seven and a half inch, those are now. Yes. They're through the testing phase, and that's like now a new bait, right? It's going to happen, yeah. It's going to happen. That's what I like to hear, so people can look forward to that. I, I really like it. I like the size of it. I like I like the looks of them. And, uh, we have the uh, the 9 is the one I have. Mm-hmm. Yes. The, the mud puppy ones we got, yeah. We got some fish on it. Nice. I have a nine that has not caught a fish. It also hasn't left my museum. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that's all right. It's tough to do in 40 minutes. Hey, sometimes they just don't hit. That's right. Biting. (laughs) Slow day. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Andy. I just love how Todd will slide a little one in. Yeah, they just weren't hitting. I had to pull about. That's in three trips, you remember. Three trips. I mean, I'm just, I struck out. Unbelievable. You just not give them, I mean, the bite is either on or not. Hey, I'm putting all, I'm going all in. If it's not hitting in 20 minutes, it's a bust. It's a, and it's a, it's, it's a working man's 20 minutes too. Oh, I'm, I'm running 12 rods. You're ready to go. That's right. I, you're whooped i am so hardcore when i'm fishing i drilled holes in my prop and i have spoons and blades off of them <laughs> did okay i thought you really did put a hole in your prop no to, i did for not performance or something no 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 okay i was just joking to give more flash and flare it wouldn't surprise me that's it dodgers i, I put this dodgers i put flashers and dodgers and <laughs> umbrella rigs and stuff down there <laughs> amazing but uh all right dk you're good nothing else you want to get off your chest no thanks for having me on again well not a problem so big thanks fat easy musky products fat musky.com muddy creek fishing guides mc fishing st croix rods best rods on earth ranger boats you heard it DK bought a Ranger because we said how nice they were. And that's a fact. There. We got we, someone. Give us credit for that. So, And Vicks Marine Sports Center. And Muskie Inc. I was going to mess that one up, but I saved it. And I just let everyone know. Muskie's Inc. Join your local chapter and uh, be part of the greater good. I want to think that DK... Also took our advice on that one, too. Wasn't that true? Yes, I just joined like a month ago, maybe. That's right. Awesome. We are a positive influence. And if you want to be a positive influence, join Muskie's Inc. And you can go yo-yo up down like Todd. Yes. So, all right. That's wrapping this one up. Uh, Thanks for listening. Good luck fishing.